0: All right, welcome into the Hoisty Colors podcast. It is almost another game day. East Carolina is getting set to take on the South Florida Bulls in Boca Raton down in the state of Florida, a little bit further south than originally anticipated as Tampa has been hit by Hurricane Ian, but it looks like it's not going to be as bad, at least in that area as initially thought, but Fort Myers got crushed pretty bad. So definitely our thoughts are with everybody in the region. But we got a game to preview as ECU is still heading down to Florida. Game still set for Saturday at 2.30. I am joined by Kaysen Remaley. He is our intern at Hoist the Colors. He was on a few weeks ago for the ODU preview. That ended in a win. So, Kaysen, hopefully you're good luck and uh, this one ends in a win. But welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be back. I sure hope uh, the Pirates get a bounce back win this week against the
1: struggling Bulls team.
0: Yeah, we're going to break down uh, the matchup and also answer your questions throughout the podcast. Do want to start off before we get into USF. Check out homefieldapparel.com. They dropped some sweet ECU, ECU merchandise earlier today. We are recording this on Thursday evening. Uh, they dropped some retro gear and some peach pole gear uh, from the ECU win over at NC State uh, from the 1992 calendar year. And obviously, some sweet pirate script gear, both a sweatshirt and a t-shirt. Also, some other stuff with some throwback ECU logo. So, check it out, homefieldapparel.com. I believe you can use the promo code ECU10, ECU10. And if you do that, you can get 10% off uh, your order. So, check that out, homefieldapparel.com. Great Uh Great stuff as far as some throwback gear that uh, ECU, ECU fans can take advantage of. All right, Casey in ECU in South Florida. This is a uh, interesting game for a number of reasons, and we were both talking before the podcast. Like, I don't really know what to expect from South Florida. I kind of know what to expect from ECU, and we'll get into that in a bit. But like, this is just kind of a weird team. If you're if you're a team from Tampa, Florida, usually you you're surrounded by talent. So I think they'll have talent, but they've just been very up and down. Just what are some of your initial thoughts on this on this football games as you look at the matchup? <clears throat> well, I've watched two of their
1: games this season. I watched the uh, Florida game versus the Gators in the swamp where they took them to the very last of the clock, and they lost on a bad snap. And they took them to the brink, and they were down, they were down 24-10. They came back. They made Richardson look – terrible and everyone everyone in college football has been praising been just praising him and then they go play a Louisville team who's been shaky and they just get absolutely obliterated they don't even score a touchdown in that game and Malik Cunningham was looking like Lamar Jackson so they made him look so good but then they make Richardson who I think is better than Malik Cunningham look terrible so this Bulls team it's a flip of the coin which team shows up every Saturday
0: yeah, and really talking to some of the South Florida guys, they feel the same way. And I do have a sense everything going on with the hurricane, they're coming back home. And even though they're not playing at home, this is still an important game for them in their home state. They're coming off a bad performance. Like, I would be surprised if we didn't see a better outing from South Florida on Saturday. You know, I think ECU is the better team, but I think if any ECU fan is sleeping on this Bulls team, uh, definitely check yourself a little bit because I think they have some talent. You look at Gary Bohan and their quarterback, Case, and His numbers are not good, man. He's he's thrown six picks, zero touchdowns. But it was just last year he was quarterbacking the Baylor Bears in the Sugar Bowl, so it's not like they have some scrub at quarterback. And anytime you have a quarterback who I think can potentially find it and kind of make plays on on the run, uh, I think that's a scary proposition, right? That is
1: that is very scary. Uh, Bohannon lost the. To- Lost lost the job in the spring, and he decided to transfer. And I think that through the first couple of games, he's played not terrible but not great. And I still think he's trying to figure himself out because I know that losing the job at Baylor, when he took his team to the Sugar Bowl, let him then you go out and lose it. I think he's still trying to find himself, and I think that there's going to be a game coming up where he does where he does find that groove and he is going to bounce back. And it could be Saturday. It it it. Hopefully, it hopefully is not. But I think that he is a great quarterback, and he's just trying to find himself right now.
0: That's the thing with this South Florida team. Like I feel like there will come a point, and maybe I'm wrong, where everything kind of comes together for them. Like they Mm -hmm. just seem to have too much talent, and uh, like you see some flashes, like their receiver Xavier Weaver, who did not play versus Louisville, along with a few other receivers. He should be back this Saturday. He's a player. Brian, uh, I think, is Batie. I can never get his pronunciation right, but he's yeah. a big play running back, uh, mm-hmm. big-time kick returner. Defensively, they added a bunch of transfers, you know, former three- and four-star recruits. And, like, it just feels like they're kind of a, I don't know, a jumbled mess right now. And it doesn't help when you open with BYU and then you got to go on the road to Florida and Louisville. But I think that Florida game kind of shows if everything comes together for them, they're scary. So uh, I I will say this though, Casey, Just being around practice some this week, I feel like this East Carolina team, very similar to when they lost NC State, pretty locked in, pretty determined. I feel like we're going to see a good performance Saturday from the Pirates. How about you?
1: Me too. I I think I think that uh, last Saturday was a big was a big uh, wake up call. I wouldn't say that Navy game was a gimme game, but it's definitely a game that ECU should win. And I think that this that this week in practice they really woke up and are going to be challenged this week also cuz USF is not the best team but as but like to have over the years over the different coaches they've had USF always has athletes all over the field so and any given saturday anyone can beat anyone but i think the pirates are going to be prepared cuz of the slap in the face they got last saturday
0: yeah and too they they keep throwing around this you know we we can still win a conference championship in case and if if that's the case man this is a must win game is it not yeah
1: yeah that that's also a great point because after the loss versus navy we were in we were at the press conference and uh, Holton and then Holton said the winner of this the winner of this conference is going to have one or two losses and he says that after a loss to navy and i was kind of shocked that that was brought up after yes it is important but i was kind of shocked that it got brought up to the press conference so, yeah, that is right. This is the first step forward to that. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, if you want to win the American and, you know, you can't, you can't start off conference play 0-2 against two of the projected bottom Worst. teams in the league. I mean, then you have – you got to go to Tulane, Memphis, UCF, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Houston. So, I mean, that is a – you know, if you want to compete for a conference championship, I don't care how much you win by, you got to win this football game on Saturday to yep. – uh Yeah, because
1: we're not even even in the conference gauntlet yet.
0: Yeah, Yeah. this is just the start. So um, big bounce back test, and we'll get into our predictions and our picks to click later in the show with Kaysen. Uh, We we threw out the opportunity to ask some questions on Twitter, Kaysen, and uh, let's get to some of those. And um, we'll start with uh, Sean Kayes. He says, how do the coaches plan to incorporate all the recommendations posted on the message boards this week? He's being, of course, a little facetious with this comment. I will ask you, Casey, you wrote the uh, the three critical mistakes that, you know, prove costly against Navy. And you kind of got your first taste of what it's like being a, uh, a true, you know, sports journalist with uh, interaction with the fans, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've. I've always read the boards and the comments, but now that I'm up there and I read what people respond to it, I kind of the next the next day around seven o'clock, I looked at it for the first time and I was kind of blown away. Like, all right, let's kind of pump the brakes here. We just lost one game, so. let's kind of pump. Let's pump. Let's pump the brakes. So,
0: hey, that's uh, the fans will be fans, and I guess fans is short We're for fanatics. So. Uh, you know, people take it seriously. There's still some people who have not gotten over the Navy game, and I get it. It was a frustrating loss. ECU should not have lost the game. Um, and yeah, I mean, Sean clearly be, being, you know, just joking with this question, but you know, it will be interesting to see if ECU comes out. I think the majority of the complaints were around the offense, and you know, we'll see if if the offense comes out throwing the ball more on first down or. Uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick was asked about that yesterday case at his press conference. And to his credit ECU almost ran the ball or almost threw the ball as much on first down as they, as they threw it. Um, or did I say that right? Either way, the balance was, was yeah. almost perfect. I think yeah. it was maybe a few more runs and passes, but the, and so the question wasn't asked in the best way, but they have to be more productive on first down case. And I think is is kind of what the point is and whether that's running it or throwing it, uh, we want to see, you know, better, better situations on second down, right? You don't want to be in second and nine every time.
1: Correct. Because if you're in, because if you're in second and nine, there's a, there's a, there's a, not a, not the easiest chance that it'll be a first down. There's a good chance it'll be third and six, third and seven, third and four. So if you can get a couple yards on first and just, move the chains. I mean,
0: every down is important, but first down is important because you got to set the tone for the drive and the, and the very next play. Rohan, he asks, uh, what is our gut telling us about Keaton Mitchell? Is he ready to go? Will he be limited? Um, I So when I was out of practice Wednesday, Kaysen, he was practicing. He was in a red non-contact jersey. My guess is he will definitely play. I think they will be a little careful with him. I think it's kind of a pain management thing. Um, but I do think that he will play. I'll be surprised if he does not play. And we also had somebody ask Scott Lorbatcher. He asked, uh, has Keaton Mitchell established himself as the true number one back? And, you know, this was an interesting question to me. Like, I feel like he definitely is the best running back with the ball in his hands. Like, we have a big enough sample size where you can't doubt that. There's more to it that goes into it than that. But as far as, hey, if I'm on a game-winning drive, and the game is tied, or if I need a big play, I'm, I'm turning the ball to Keaton Mitchell without question if he's healthy. Um, your thoughts there. Do you feel like he's the, the clear-cut number one? For sure.
1: I mean, if ECU's in a – if he's using a gut written situation, who's the first player on the team you're going to give – you're going to give the ball to? It's going to be Keaton. And there's, sh- and there's no second guess on that. So, I think he – I think he is the number one back, and I also think it is good – it is good that we are having these conversations because of how good Harris Harris has been playing because I mean Harris played good on Saturday because because he needed to and he he stepped up and I also think that if it was reverse Harris got hurt Keaton Keaton would have stepped up so I think that we got a great one-two punch and I definitely think Keaton will play Saturday and I think that this is just precautionary. you don't you don't you don't want your best player getting hurt or risk it Keaton Keaton knows the offense he knows what to do he knows how to get in the end zone so just give him the ball at two thirty Saturday he'll be fine
0: yeah and I think Rajay is definitely a starting caliber back I mean we're not saying Rajay is not a number one it's just that Keaton is with his speed and his elusiveness he is an elite running back when he's healthy um and Rajay is very good as well but You know, this is a production. They basically had the same carries the last few years, and Keaton's been a lot more productive in terms of yard. Now, Rajay kind of has a different role, and he's a much better pass protector, so you have to take that into account too. Like, part of being a true number one back is being a three-down guy, or a three-down guy, and Rajay is kind of your bigger, better pass protector. Um, Scott also has Rajay averaged nearly five yards a carry as a freshman in 2020 and is down to three and a half the last two seasons what's been the reason for his regression. I think there's a lot there, Kasen. Um what I've noticed is at times I don't want to say he misses the hole, but you know, he seems to overthink it and just let of instead of letting the play happen naturally. Um also think, you know, there's there's times it just it feels like I don't I don't want to say he's gotten he's lost a step, but I don't know. Like his freshman year, he just seemed to hit the hole much, much quicker, more consistently. He'll do it here uh, in 2022 and 2021, but just not as consistently. So, I feel like there were some cases last week. uh, He missed a hole or two that cost him some yards. But have you noticed anything there that's kind of led to that regression, or is it more just the defense keying on him? I
1: also think it's some of the defense keying
0: on him, but I also think
1: it's the touches. We play a two-back system, and and you – and. it's hard and it's hard to find a rhythm when you're constantly switching, switching in and out. And I think that that plays a I think that's not the full reason, but I think that plays a good part of it because, because if you have because if you have a couple good runs and then you see a certain look from the you see a certain look from the defense, you're gonna want you're gonna want Keaton in. Or let's say Keaton's been having some good runs, you see a certain look that fares. So I think so I think that the I think that the rhythm of touches and the constant and the constant switching in and out, which is not, which is not a, which is not a bad problem to have, but I think that that has definitely something to do with the yards and just by the different looks that are seen.
0: It is interesting you bring that up because it, it kind of brought me back to his freshman year. and he was basically he was almost a full time guy as a freshman. Like they didn't really rotate. I mean, they would get Keaton in there every now and then, but it was more the Rajah Harris show. And I I do wonder if he's gotten into less of a rhythm because of that. And basically it seems like they script every other series for those guys. Now, maybe they just need to ride more with the hot hand rather than just switching them out every series to see if somebody can get into a rhythm. I don't know. That's, that's a good point though. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. After four games, uh, Scott wants to know where do you rank this ECU defense all time? I mean, this is a tough one for me. Like, (laughs) listen i've watched a lot of ecu football and i can't rank a defense after four games um i mean just in terms of sheer production and how they stopped the option and how they shut down nc state in the second half i mean i definitely put them up there i'm not going to say they're not i'm not going to say they're going to be the best defense i've seen personnel wise definitely not now how they play as a team they're certainly up there um easily top three but again for me, a defense has to do it over the course of a full season. I, I got to see them prove it first. But the start, the first third, definitely very positive. I don't know if you really have an answer for this, Cason. I don't have
1: an answer for this. I definitely think that we have some good pieces though, all, all over the field. But, I mean, they they did play very, very well versus State. But that is but that is also the first game. And the first game is so so much different than any other game because, because it's just the different looks you'll see. Because of the because of the nervousness on both sides, anxiety. So we did play very good versus state, but then again, but then again, Saturday there were some moments where you there are some there are some holes, but we definitely have the pieces to be a very good defense.
0: And it's still like you look across the defense; most of the guys are sophomores or juniors. So I mean, they should still continue to get better. Um, yeah. de- definitely encourage what Blake Carroll has done. I mean, definitely uh, deserves. Major kudos. All um, right, our last question here, then we'll take a break. Uh, Clint wants to know, Donnie Kirkpatrick and, and Coach Houston said the Navy game went exactly as they expected. I'm curious why that is. Were they so committed to being balanced that they knew they'd have a low-scoring affair? If so, why not commit to the pass early and often to throw them a curveball? Um, so here's my thing. All right, so yes, ECU was a 17-point favorite over Navy. Now, if ECU would have jumped on them early and they would have got a a touchdown or two lead, it could have become a blowout. But Navy, their style of play leads to close football games, even against good competition. Um, Last year's game was a higher-scoring game, but it was incredibly close. Here is last year's Navy schedule, and they've started the last few years very poorly and then consistently gotten better. So they got blown out by Marshall and Air Force to begin last year. And then they got better throughout the year. Third game of the year, which this was the third game versus ECU. Against Houston on the road, they lost 28 to 20. Then they beat UCF 34 to 30. They lost to SMU 31-24 at Memphis, they lost 35-17. That's kind of the outlier. Cincinnati 27-20 close game against an undefeated team. Tulsa they won 20 to 17. The ECU game. Uh, Notre Dame was a, a closer game than Notre Dame blew it open 34-6. They beat Temple 38-14 and they beat a good army team 17-13. So what I'm getting at here is it's hard to blow Navy out um due to their style of play. Typically they have low scoring, low possession games, so that's just kind of their style. That's why they're saying they expected that. Not they're not saying they should they expected to lose. They just expected that style of game. I don't know if you if you want to add anything there. Cason, or you know, did you want to see more passing or any of that stuff from your perspective?
1: Well, I also well, I, well, just just like you said, how Navy will always stick to their game and their and the way they play, and the way they play is running the ball and controlling the clock and and limiting your possessions. And if their defense is playing well, there's a good chance of them winning the game because that means that their offense is on the field. And I think that if we capitalize and just like you said, jump. Like and if we jumped on them quick, like if we jumped on them fourteen, if we jumped on them fourteen nothing in the first, that's gonna that's gonna change their game plan drastically because they because they are now playing they are now playing catch up. And if you look through their games of the that they played last year, the games that they were playing catch up, they did not play as well. But when they were in control, like they were on Saturday, they play they play their game and just and just slowly chip away, at you, chip away, chip away, chip away until. You lose, just yeah.
0: like it Saturday. Yeah, I think we both made the comment in the press box, like being in a 3-3 game with Navy at halftime is not where you want to be. Not what you want to hear. Nope. Yep, and uh, and two, I mean, ECU got the ball first. If they go score a touchdown on that drive, if they score a touchdown on the 99-yard drive where they almost punched it in. Like, that changes the complete complexion of the game, and they didn't. So, if you want to point to anything, point to that. To me, you know, the whole pass-run thing, like, navy was mixing it up the entire game if you watch them in the first half they were playing a ton of coverage and ecu could not run the ball on them even when they were playing basically to take away the pass so like if you can't run the ball on on navy when they're playing to take away the pass you got issues so there was issues with the blocking scheme uh which i can get into later when we got another question but great game plan by navy poor execution by ecu and so ECU's got to go back to the drawing board on how to correct those issues against that style of defense more than anything. Um, Clint, I, I think it's – for them to say they expected a close game, I mean, what do you what do you want the coaches to say? We, we needed to blow them out by 30? Like, this is just not going to happen. Um, all right, so let's take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side to answer the rest of these questions.
1: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady.
0: All right, welcome back into the Hoist the Colors podcast. Uh Pirate Treasure NC's got our next question. We're rolling along answering your questions ahead of ECU in South Florida. He says, player for ECU to rebound the most from last week. He's got a few other questions, but um for you Casey, any any player that you're expecting to rebound uh this week? Keaton. Keaton, for sure. If you look at the if you look at the state game
1: and the and the Campbell game, those were though he had two massive plays in those games that well in state. We he had that he had that long run to set up set us up in field goal range. And if we would have made that field goal, we would have won the game. And then Campbell, he was just slicing and slicing and dicing. And then Navy, he got he got injured and just was not, he just was not himself. So I definitely think he is he is the he is the key on Saturday if we can get that ground game going
0: for sure. I'm going to go with Holden Aylers. I think he's going to be pretty pissed off about that throw late in the game. And I think he's going to, he's going to bounce back with the vengeance. I think he has a big game on Saturday. Uh, pirate treasure also has biggest improvement points we are expecting. I guess he means like phase of the team. Um, for me, I, I just think the, the passing game will be sharper. Um, I mean, that's kind of going off my previous point. I, get, I think Holt Nailers will be sharper. I think the receivers will get more man coverage, more advantageous matchups, anything you can think of, Kaysen? I don't, I, I'm not going to try to keep beating the drum, but special teams has to improve in every
1: aspect, from punting to protection to field goal kicking. I mean, man, like – and it's crazy because in football, you know, you don't talk about special teams unless something bad happens. In every And in every single week – Always talking about it.
0: I know. The only game really that was sound was Campbell, but that, yep. you know, this much different competition in the American. So they got to, and you got to make kicks 40 yards and then. I mean, we can talk about that till we're blue in the face. Yep. Um, what does South Florida do well? They seem very up and down performance wise. So we touched on their up and down nature. Uh, what they do well is they run the ball well offensively, they are averaging five yards a carry. Averaging 165 a game, they ran for over 300 yards on uh, Florida, which not many teams do. Defensively, they've got a ton of tackles for loss, 28 tackles for loss, six sacks. Now, they do give up a lot of big plays, but they do create negative plays. So those are the things they do well, and they're pretty good on special teams, Cason. So uh, you mentioned that. They got an electric return, man. So if ECU doesn't bring it on special teams, it could be uh, could be an interesting day Saturday. What about you? Any anything stands out about South Florida that I didn't mention?
1: I think, I think that I mean we saw it. I mean we saw it versus uh, Florida, but not versus Louisville. Just they had a, they had a good tendency to give Richardson and that Gator offense a bunch of just different looks, exotic looks, different did different types of pressures. So they definitely have the ability to uh, scramble up a quarterback to make to make him trust trust his own decisions. But also, then again, you watch that you, – you watch that Louisville game, you thought Malik Cunningham was wearing a number eight jersey out there. So, you never really know. But they can definitely get – they can definitely get get after the passer. They might, they might not sack him, but they will definitely blow up the play. So, I think Holton will need to make smart decisions going outside of the pocket,
0: unlike he did on Saturday. All right, our next question comes from Shane. He says, do you feel that all the coaches except for Blake Harrell – make excuses by telling us how good the other team is he makes no excuses and expects the defense to make plays and win the game feel like the others are preparing us should be loose i mean i'm not going to read too much into this um i've been doing this long enough to know that coaches are going to give you a much different answer more times than not at the podium than they will off the uh off the record and i i can promise you that ECU coaches are the same way as most coaches out there. So I I honestly would not read too much into that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if your unit performs poorly, it really doesn't matter what you say. The fans are still going to be pissed. Um, And that's why, if you're Blake Harrell, defense played pretty well. Like, what he says, they're not going to analyze. They're going to analyze the offense because nobody's happy with what the offense did. Um, Would you like to see more ownership at times? I mean, sure, that doesn't hurt, but. Nobody's going to be happy to you go out and win the game, right, Kason?
1: No, but also something that Blake Carroll said. I don't know at what point in the season he made a good point in press conference that Desmond me and I've thought about it every week. He said that he said that when the he said that when the offense doesn't doesn't play well or go stagnant, they can just pull him off of the field. But if the defense doesn't doesn't play well and doesn't and doesn't hit their spots they are going to be points on the board and you're, and you're down so I think that's the mentality he has of no excuses because we can't let we can't let our side down because if we do points are going to go up so yeah I think that that was a really good statement by him and I think that's why
0: people can see that by him because the way he runs his team yeah I mean he does a phenomenal job and you know Mike Houston's the head coach he's never going to like down the other team like that's just not what head coaches do i mean you could be playing the little sisters of the poor and he could make them sound like alabama so um that's just kind unless of you're jeff collins. yeah <laughs> unless you're jeff collins let me see where he is poor jeff collins uh he also would not release a depth chart he only had an above the line chart which was a joke all right um let's see here got a few more questions of course about the offense uh Clint, another Clint, he says, Hey, Steven, thanks for all you do. Uh, Donnie seemed happy to be balanced yesterday in the running game, which I understand and he is smarter than me and not tipping his cap for this week. But do you think they will look for other ways, like screens with the running game or that just maybe Navy question mark? I guess he's saying is that the Navy just take everything away. Um, I would like to see more screens, Case, and, this, and I don't know if this answers your question, but Keaton has caught the ball three times this year. One – or two of them were on a little flat design play, it looked like, that went nowhere. And then he also caught a little halfback option pass. They got to get him in space more. Um, And honestly, I would like to see Rajay catch the ball more too. And, you know, I just don't know if it's not built into the offense, but maybe even more receiver screens or quick passes. Like Navy was playing off last week and – you know, a lot of that comes down to receiver blocking and tight end blocking. So they got to be good there. But I just feel like we need to see more easy throws if teams are going to play off coverage. I don't know if South Florida's a team to do it on because they play a lot of man, press, press man. But if they're blitzing a lot, maybe some halfback screens would be good. But um what about you? Would you like to see maybe some more creativity there offensively?
1: Yeah, that would that would be nice. That was also one of the comments on what I wrote. One of the comments was that I guess Donnie's allergic to uh uh, screen passes, and I got a good chuckle out of that one. But also, but also from being on football and on football, that you can't just you can't just call a you can't just call a screen. The defense the the defense has to be in a certain look because 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 if not, we've we've all seen screen plays just get blown up or blown up or picked off. So they they have to be run correctly and run at the right time. But I definitely think there, there will be some opportunities Saturday
0: to run a screen, and I do hope to see a couple. ECU ran a screen last year versus South Carolina right before the half. It bounced off Roger Harris's chest and ended up in a pick six. At that point, everybody was like, why are they running the screen there? So, like, it's just one of those things you got to execute when you run it. It can look great if you do. If not, people will get mad about that. So, I guess the best thing is to just run a play that works. Uh <laughs> which is uh, always key. Uh, Jay asks, uh, he's got a screenshot here of ECU going empty with Navy showing blitz. He says, there obviously is a need to be physical and be able to run the football, but there will be games we cannot run because of what the other team does. If we have the talent to, quote, take what they give us, why don't we do it? Example, our plays versus this defensive look. So I went back and watched this play. ECU is empty five wide. Navy has one, two, three, four, five, six guys in the line of scrimmage. So they got six guys. You have five guys to block six. And what they do is they bring five guys and I think drop the rest in the coverage. And basically what they're showing pre-snap is not what they do post-snap. So it throws ECU's entire offense off. Uh, even like one of their defensive tackles drops back into coverage and takes away a short route. So – I would say ECU did a good job taking what the defense gave them through the first couple of games. And then, to be honest, from what I saw re-watching the game, Navy just out-schemed and outplayed ECU. I thought they confused Holton and Aylers. I thought they confused the offensive uh, staff, the offense as a whole. And so it's not like ECU is not trying to take what they give us. ECU went for a shorter pass in this situation when Navy playing off coverage. But then they also ran up and made the tackle short of the sticks. So um to me and i've said it all along case and i want to get your opinion here too like the navy game they play such an exotic style i'm not too worried about it they just they just outplayed ecu but if ecu looks bad again at south florida that's when i started to get concerned at least offensively like i want to just see them bounce back this week and kind of put this game behind them
1: yeah yeah i mean you said it great when you when you play navy you Change a lot of your schemes to match to match them because because of how because of how they run theirs, and just it is it is it is very very tough because there because there are some points in the game where you are not your true self because of the look that Navy's given you on defense and on defense and offense so I mean I mean, if we do this against South Florida, I mean we're going to be in some trouble.
0: Yeah, and I I expect this offense to bounce back. Uh, we got a few travel questions uh, when the team is leaving. Uh, We were told they're still planning to leave Friday, and I think that is still the plan, but I I have a few texts out. At the time of this recording, I have not clarified. Obviously, the weather doesn't look great for Friday, um, but I'll post or update you guys on Twitter on the site once I figure that out. Um, Also, Brian North from WCTI, he says, if the team has to fly over the Bermuda Triangle, which is the, you know, cursed area in the Atlantic Ocean, uh, to get to Boca Raton, will that help or hurt their chances against a program they have not had very much success against? And I'll just say let's hope they don't have to fly over the uh, Bermuda Triangle. Otherwise, it it could be bad. But, hey, Cason, the good thing is ECU just dropped their uniform for this Saturday, and the Pirates will not be wearing white helmets. So um, I'm going to go ahead and guarantee a win. Whoa. Let's hope
1: so. Let's hope so. Yeah.
0: All right, let's Let's uh, let's make our picks to click and then our prediction. Um, offensively, I'll let you start it off. Who do you think has a big game on Saturday? I think that uh, Isaiah Winston continues continues his tear
1: in the American. He has played outstanding. He is averaging 100 yards a game, 14, 14 yards per catch. And I think that he is one of the best receivers in the American. I
0: think he continues his tear on Saturday against that main coverage. I think I like Winsett a lot versus the man coverage. I do wonder if USF tries to roll the safety to his his side. I'm going with Jalen Johnson as a result because I think they're going to put attention on Isaiah, and I think this is going to open up another Jalen Johnson game. Um, So I'm going Jalen Johnson, similar to what he did versus ODU, and uh, to have a big day. Uh, Defensively, I mean, there's so many guys that play defense and quality defense for ECU. This is always a tough one to pick. But um, who's your pick to click on the defensive side of the ball for the Pirates? I like
1: Teagan. He's he's, He's been playing great these first few games. And I think that him flying up and down, flying up down the field has been huge for us. And I think that he has really stepped up into that role. And I think he's playing very, very well. So I think he'll have another
0: great game on Saturday. Man, I've been racking my brain on this one. I wanted to go Jeremy Lewis because it's a mobile quarterback, but I feel like it's tough to sack a guy like that. Uh, And USF likes to run the ball, so I'm going to go more with a defensive run stopper. I think Elijah Morris is going to have fresh legs after getting ejected last week. I think he'll come back with an attitude, and I think he has a good game to lead the defense against a strong running game. All right, in it's prediction time. Um, I've already guaranteed a win, so I'm going to go ahead and say the Pirates get it done. I think they'll just cover the spread. I'm going 34 to 24 Pirates win in Boca Raton and bounce back. Uh, what's your prediction for the game?
1: I'm going to go 17 10 Pirates in a running and just a ground and pound game, low
0: scoring affair. 17-10. You might get some more comments about the offense if that happens. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Hey, a win's a win. I think any anybody will take a uh whether 17-10, 3-2. Hey, 11 to 10, Denver Broncos, uh two and one. So I'll take it all day. Uh, your Panthers finally got a win, Kaysen, So congrats on that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was much less needed after nine straight, terrible Sundays. Alright, for Kason Romaley, I am Steven Igo. That'll do it for the Hoist of Colors podcast. We'll be back with you guys after the game to break it all down. I'm not traveling to Boca, so we might have something up Saturday night, but Sunday at the latest as we look back at ECU's this game against Florida, Appreciate you guys listening.